All right, welcome back to the Physical Athletics Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. Adrian Bradis, along with our uh, host, the Director of Strength and Conditioning, Armando Aguilar, who's joining us here at Physical Athletics. We're out here at 2270 Joe Battle Boulevard. And uh, very excited today because as we uh, have been kicking off the new year, it's always great to talk to Hector Cano. And then for the first time, Jesse Tovar, the CEO of Prep One, who are both joining us this morning. Hector Cano, of course, uh, Isleta uh, Girls soccer head coach, the, also the host of the 50-50 podcast. Am I saying that correct, Hector? Yes, sir. All yes, right. Sir. Well, how's it going, coach? And then, Jesse, thanks for joining us for the first time out here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Coach, how's it been? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, it is, it's still 2021, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. It's uh, thank you for having us uh, again. Um, really excited. <clears throat> Excuse me. Things are going well. Things are things are going great. Uh, the uh, the podcast uh, is really starting to pick up, take uh, take some steam. Uh, both not just on social media, but it's just seeing a lot of really cool things happening across the state. You know, as well as locally here here in the borderland, and uh, we're we're excited about it. It's uh, just you know we're just getting ready to enter district play and uh, very excited and then personally you know family's well everybody's healthy and then getting ready to or have our uh, women's soccer program there at Isleta High School uh, getting getting them rolling. That's awesome and, and coach uh, one of the big things for you has been uh, obviously launching this podcast where can people listen because you just had re- you recently just had uh, Jesse on the show. Uh, That's so- where I recognize this guy. From, <laughs> right? Yeah uh, yeah you can uh, you can find us on all uh, major podcast platforms uh, the big four really being uh, Spotify Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course Anchor. Um, easiest way to find us is because we are part of the uh, Day in the Life uh, network. Is you uh, you can look us up you, under a Day in the Life colon unplugged, and then you'll find the Fifty Fifty podcast in there, part of the network that's uh, quickly growing. There's a uh, about two or three more podcasts getting ready to launch by. Probably one or two basketball ones, so I know you'll like that. Nice, uh, let's go. Getting ready to launch probably, I think, uh, by around March or April. Uh, so again, that's uh, a day in the life. Uh, Colin, unplugged, and then you can find us under there. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, everybody have a good weekend. Some NFL that uh, we got a chance to watch. Aaron Jones, El Paso Zone. We just talked about him earlier, Armando. Absolutely. He yeah. had a great game. Man, that guy, he's just, he's going to get paid. He's going to get a good amount of money. I'm excited. He's, he's, he's performing well, and I think as long as he stays injury-free, he's going to go all the way. I, I, I believe so, too. And you know why I'm also excited is you know he's a hometown product. It's a perfect segue into something that Jesse's working on here shortly is uh, the 915 Greater El Paso Football Showcase, which is just right around the corner. The combine, obviously, the game could not be taking place this, this year due to the pandemic. Still doesn't matter. We're getting the combine active and ready. And Jesse, I'm so excited for something like that. And uh, I guess could you give us some details around what we could be expecting with this? Yeah, it's happening just uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, we have about 200 athletes that, that signed up from all over the state. Actually, we have a lot of yeah. East Texas athletes coming in, and uh, we have, I believe, 20. Or as of last night, we had about 23 or 25 coaches that have confirmed. Last year we had 60 coaches confirmed, 48 actually made it out. But today, this I think we'll have close to about maybe 30 by the time Friday rolls around. But it's a great opportunity for these athletes. You know, they want to showcase their talents. Uh, some of them have multiple offers. Some of them have no offers. It's just of how they perform, and if and we'll talk about it in a second as far as if they're the right fit with what the coaches are looking for and for the program. And I'm sure, I mean, both for both of you guys who have uh, really been on the college recruiting side of things and really helping out in a big way for the local scene, uh, first with you, Coach, you know, helping out on the soccer side of things really in a big way. And, and Jesse, you just really helping out on all, on all kind of sides of, of the spectrum with Prep, prep One. And uh, I love the I am a Prep One athlete, all the different ones that we've been seeing all over social media. That's been awesome to see. And uh, for both of you guys, I'm sure, you know, the, we, we talked about this before, but the unconventional recruiting is so different because you, you're having to rely on film, you're having to do this, but now that's over. I mean, we're done, we're done talking about that, those kinds of things. It's action time right now. Right. It's about emailing right. coaches. It's about you know, going out and, and really trying to market yourself in a big way. What, what's, what's it been like kind of getting past the, okay, we're in a pandemic where we are uh, not recruiting the same way as we were before, and now how are we getting to that new point of, hey, this is reality, let's, let's roll, let's get this going, and let's get people uh, you know, notice across El Paso. 
Yeah, you know, um, it's a great question. I was, uh, so this past, last week was, uh, it was the uh, United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention, and I was on a call, uh, I think it was Wednesday evening, I was on a call, so a lot of college coaches, a couple of high school coaches, you had some kind of recruiting coordinators on there. Um, it was across, across the country, probably, I think there was probably about 25 coaches on there, and they were all having that conversation about uh, kind of trying to ramp up and how to figure out post-COVID, right? It's kind of like the, uh, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they kind of have scenario A, B, C, and D kind of mapped out. So um, the big thing that kind of kept coming up, as it relates, again, these were soccer coaches. Mm -hmm. As it relates to soccer, it was a lot of, uh, hey, you know, we, there's plenty, what helped 2021 despite the pandemic was there had already been some, some level of kind of uh, direct or indirect uh, interaction with a lot of the 2021s. Not all, obviously, uh, but through, whether it be through ID camps, right? Uh, ID camps or watching them at previous showcases prior to the shutdown. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, so 2021 it <clears throat> is not as bad, I guess, as, as you would think in theory. Um, where they're being affected more is from, hey, what's going to happen with these current college seniors, right, that are going to get the opportunity to have a do-over, so to speak, right? Because uh, that's going to be kind of at the discretion of the university, right, of the college as to, hey, we want them to come back, or if they're already, if they've already obtained their bachelor's degree, you know, and they're, uh, you know, they're now graduate status, and let's say they want to transfer to another school for their senior year, so to speak. Um, I've had conversations with college coaches that they're more inclined to, uh, to allow them to do that if they enter the transfer portal. This is the seniors, right? So, but the question, what kind of kept coming up was the 2022s. Um, they're kind of in more of a tougher predicament because a lot of that interaction, direct and indirect, that you had with 2021s prior to the pandemic, it, has, it doesn't exist with the 2022s, right? So it's pretty much exclusively film. So they have to hit, just like you said, heavy on, heavy on the email heavy on the, uh, really especially on the social media, believe it or not, because the other thing that came up in that conversation was how coaches are, they haven't abandoned email, but they're starting to see a gap, a drop off in the, the interaction with, through email versus everything that they're coming across on, on social media, or in some cases still phone calls, right? So, um, so that's kind of where, where they're kind of ramping up. The, and they're, of course they're gonna still have to figure out budgetary concerns, right? So that's the other big one. So um, in terms of soccer, that's kind of what they're looking at. And then um, episode, actually the episode uh, on the 50-50 podcast before Jesse's episode four, we, ha we had uh, um, Randy Waldrum. He's the head coach uh, for Pitt, University of Pitt, and also the uh, Nigerian women's national team. And he talked about, he, first, he foresees where there's gonna be really more of an issue um, we're talking about the 21s and the 20, the 2021s and the 2022s, but he thinks it's going to easily impact the 2023s, uh, and def and will probably have some sort of impact on the 2024s as well. So, to put that in perspective, that's a current freshman, right? And there's nothing that says it won't touch a 2025. Which, again, to also put that in perspective, that's like my daughter who's currently in eighth grade, right? So. So the impact of this post-COVID will be will definitely be felt, and it's got to be on the uh, the student athlete to really take the reins in terms of their recruiting process. Gosh, I mean, where do you even begin to look at the backlog? Seriously, yeah, yeah exactly. And and for you, Jesse, I mean, he just touched on the soccer, but I'm sure you see so many similarities in all the sports that you're helping out with, as far as helping kids market themselves for recruiting. You know, right now it's about kids taking ownership of their own recruiting. They got to put themselves out there. Uh, they they expect sometimes they expect us to do it for them, mm -hmm. and at the at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to have to advocate for themselves. Because coaches want to talk to them. I've talked to so many athletes that come in very late in their senior year or at the beginning of their senior year. I'm like, where have you been? I, I, I'm having athletes right now, volleyball and basketball players reach out to me right now and they're seniors. And, and I'm like, why didn't we have this conversation even as early as August? It's already late in, in the game, but you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're really, really limiting yourself. And, and then here's the thing now that, you know, and we've talked about it before. If, if you have a 3.0 GPA, you're, you just pretty much cut all those opportunities in half. And now the, the new thing that I heard, the, the one I, I heard recently is, well, my, my kid's a 4.0 athlete. And I'm like, yeah, but your 4.0 athlete is an average player. You know, there's a lot of 4.0 athletes that are impact players. 
And it's got to be a combination of both. You just And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking a 4.0. That's an, a magnificent achievement all in itself. However, you can't expect a, a, you know, an institution of higher learning to spend $250,000 on, on your education when you're an average player in the sport that you compete in. Well, it's the same thing for a scholarship. You gotta go out and get a scholarship yeah. if you're if you're on the academic side for yes. a four You're gonna have to apply for it, get yes. the scholarship too. The I, you can't. It, it's not just handed to you. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, touching back on the on the Greater Paso uh, Football Showcase, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that uh, some of my athletes have have uh, expressed some concern, of course, uh, uh, parents as well as when should they start going to some of these combines and showcases because there's there's a ton all over the country oh, all yes. over all over uh, Texas and sometimes they want to start even uh, when they're eighth graders um, so what what's uh, what, what's your you know what I, I've seen uh, some some parents I mean this is what their kid is it and they're they're putting them in, in uh, camps and mm-hmm. they're, they're 10 years old right they're, they're 11 years old and Here's the thing, you know, you don't want to burn out your kid at the same time, and you don't know how the kid's going to develop. You know, you don't know as far as how much the maturity level and just how their the, the, the body uh, metabolism, you know, their, the dynamics as far as how their body's going to grow during that time. But uh, a lot of times, uh, we all know some of them are cash cows. Some of these ID camps are, are cash cows. Or they're a way of these universities <coughs> you know, um, conducting their fundraising. But what I do tell them is, do some research. See see if there's any coaches that you're actually, you know, communicating with that really want to evaluate you. And then you pick from there. Because every one of these camps, uh, if, a, if a local or a certain school hosts, they're going to invite other neighboring schools to come evaluate the talent because it's more of a draw for their camp. Right. Uh, you know, especially when you promote that, you know, such and such coaches attending and you're hosting a camp and nine colleges <laughs> are going to be there. That's great. Uh, but a, a, a lot of times... Uh, these athletes, they mistake the, being invited to a camp as I'm being recruited. And when I when they they tell me, yeah, Mr. Tovar, I'm, I'm being recruited right now. I'm like, great, who? And have you talked to the coach? No. Like, well, how do you know you're being recruited from Well, oh, I got invited to a camp. But like you and 900 other athletes. Right. So. I got invited to the camp. <laughs> yeah. I don't play. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, again, it's, it's about the educating the parents as well. A lot of the education. And here's the thing. Everyone's kid is, is valuable, obviously, to their parents. They're, they're the, the parents' superstar. They're the next Super Bowl MVP, and they're the next uh, U.S. national you know, soccer team you know, uh, upcoming athlete. But you have to be real with them, letting them know as far as, okay, look, I don't make those calls. We know that your, your athlete is a tremendous athlete at the local level, but you need to think about you're competing at the national level with all these athletes that are, that are uh, good at what they do. And a lot of athletes just get fixated on, oh, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and ball out here at the local level. And I, I, I personally dislike when, when athletes say, use the term, uh, they're sleeping on me. I'm like, who's sleeping on you? You're sleeping, you're sleeping on your own recruiting, you know? And, and, and I, I just don't like, like, don't, don't, it's all about the clout. Also nowadays with, with social media, it's like you got to be careful that you don't mix and match the thing. The clout will come if you, you go out and do your thing. Don't worry about the clout. The clout will be there. But the thing is that you need to uh, perform. You need to perform and keep your grades up and, and uh, create those highlight reels that really show those impact plays where these coaches are going to be impressed and want to talk to you. And uh, some of these athletes, uh, they, you know, you have to coach them into breaking down film. You know, make sure that you, you, you show your impact plays. Make it a minute and a half, two, two and a half minutes, three minutes tops. Some of these athletes are, are putting 16-minute videos out, and I'm like, dude, that's, that's like a TV show without the commercials. You know, don't, yeah. don't make it too long for these coaches. They're not going to spend 16 minutes watching your video. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Jesse mentioned uh, on the national level, right, as far as the competition, but as it relates to soccer, it's, it's international, man. It's in, I mean, look, well, just case in point, UTEP, right? They just, their recruiting class this spring, they brought in, I believe, three, three internationals, Two or three, including one that they already had on campus yeah. uh, from uh, from Ireland. I saw that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so, you know, so it, it kind of, yeah, you know, I think in in regards to social media, what I've seen, the latest trend I've seen in probably the last month, I've seen now, I think about four or five accounts 
with a class of these class of 2027 already starting to put their stuff out. These are kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sixth graders. Sixth graders. Yeah, they're like they're already. I was like, and you can clearly tell that the account is being run by the parents. Yeah. You know. So and that was another big one that's come up lately in these uh, these meetings I've been in with college coaches is like, you know, parents, you gotta. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Obviously, we, you know, and that's part of where we come in as far as educating them on their activity. All right, because uh, I know in many cases, in terms of whether it's Instagram stories, you know, Twitter fleets, TikTok, it's like, hey, it's around for for a day and then it's gone. It's like yes and no. <laughs> you know, so you know, you're you're putting you're putting out a brand out there. So uh, educating them on that, but also letting parents know that it's like, hey, let let the uh, let the coaches. Get an understanding, get a feel, let them get to know, you know, the personality of, you know, of your kid, of your child. And, uh, you know, so, and, and the other thing, too, is with our, um, our student athletes that are in high school is the Twitter profile, the Twitter activity, you know, the Instagram, just don't kind of stage it, you know, in terms of just for this little, this little soccer clip. You know, it's like, it's got to be organic. It has to be natural, you know? So, and I know you kind of hit on a little bit of that, right? On the, on the strength side, I think, on uh, in your latest episode of, yeah. you know, physical athletics. Mm -hmm. And, and when I heard that, I was like, man, that's like the other trend that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So it applies everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, it's, that's kind of one of the things uh, that we're also trying to educate parents on. Well, are you kidding me? If this, if this guy has guys who are coming in with cameras, uh, to Armando's gym. Armando's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, this is not a place where you take photos and post for the gram. This is where you work to get better. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it, it is important, obviously, to, to showcase. You want to you want the athletes to see the, the, the results and you want the parents to see it. And I know whatever videos are recorded, they're probably going to use it for uh, a highlight reel maybe later on down the road. So I do want athletes to see that, but it does get to a point where maybe we're too focused on, well, record me because this, this is going to be really cool on, on Instagram. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, you know, as long as we get the training done, I'm here to, to train the athletes and, and that's it. That's, that's my job. But if it helps them even a little bit by showcasing some, showcasing some of the progress that they've made, the strength, their power, their speed, their explosiveness, you name it, then, then I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. When the timeline starts to reflect nothing but pre-staged <laughs> cool stuff right yeah, there yeah. but they get that coaches. from the professional athletes that coaches see. oh yeah. of course of course, course. they want that clout again going back in yeah. the cloud. yeah and you know i think it's like almost it's kind of like a con it shouldn't be like this but it's almost like a contest where athletes on social media want to post the committed want to post that and then you know, it's not just about being committed. It's about going and, you know, being truly committed to your university and putting in that work and, you know, going to school and, and not, you know, working. So I understand circumstances happen, but working so you don't have to come back here to El Paso the following semester. Right. And that's that's been a big problem that coaches have even told you, Jesse, uh, on the national scale. College coaches have said, well, you know, El Paso kids go back home after a year. Yeah, and, and they get homesick. And that's the big stigma that El Paso has been shaking off. You know, we've got, you know, student athletes that, you know, go, that leave the city and stay out. Uh, but you do have those in, in pastures that always come back. And these are the marquee athletes that were like all superstars here. And, and they, you know, they leave a bad taste in people's mouth. And if you're going to be a coach offering these opportunities and these scholarships for these athletes that go back home, you're going to be reluctant to, to work with, you know, with athletes or coaches from, from the Sun City. But now, these high school coaches are really, really being, you know, fantastic advocates for the, for the, we have one of them here, Coach Gunnar. Yep. You know, in the two years, you know, that he's been at Isleta, I think 40, 40, correct me if I'm wrong, close to 40 scholarships. 42, no one's counting, but it's yeah, 42. 42 right. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> but, but, you know, now it's like, you know, you have, you have these, these at all levels, all sports, they're, they're really, really advocating. Some do, some don't. Uh, it's, it, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say they all do. But that's where they come to us, and, and we just, right. you know, we tweak it, we facilitate, and, and we, we help them out with, with the process. And, and a yeah. lot of them uh, have to understand that it, it is a process. They, they, they have the misconception that I have a magic button that I push, and offers start falling from the sky. And I tell the athletes, no, I, you really, really have to be dedicated to your own process. If not, and, and going back to that, you know, you brought it up, the, the prep one athlete, it's been awesome the way it's taken off because we've vet these athletes and we make sure that they're committed to their own recruiting. And I tell them, there's no way that I could commit 
or your parents can commit or your coach can commit to your own recruiting more than you. It's got to be 100% you, and you got to be actively involved. Mm-hmm. I, I require check-ins. I, I want to know exactly what you're doing, not because I'm trying to micromanage, because I don't want to make sure that we don't leave any stone unturned. That way we maximize your opportunities as a student athlete. You know, that word committed keeps coming up, and it's like it's so spot on because one of the things and why it's so important that our student athletes really, they have to want this, right? It's because that, that commitment, it doesn't end the moment you've Give, you've signed and given your verbal commitment to you know to a school. You just hit on it, Adrian. You know I think it's that commitment just transfers right um, now at the college level, and now you're you're the low man, low woman on the totem pole. You got to put in that work again. So these kids, they have to really want it, right? And you know one of the hashtags that I use, it's kind of a motto of mine, is the uh, the commit committed over compliant because because a compliant student athlete that says they want to be part of the recruiting process, they come on, I meet with them, you know, Jesse meets with them, we both meet with them. They're, you know, they're, they're all about it the moment we have that meeting, and then they immediately go on the milk carton. You know, they're missing, right? Uh, we don't, don't hear from them, don't see them, you know, I'll, in, I'll talk with Jesse, it's like, hey, have you heard from, you know, have you heard from uh, this kid? Nothing, he'll ask me the same. Uh, or, you know, or in passing, just kind of, we, we noticed the, uh, the Twitter activity, the timeline is showing everything but them being committed to the process. Um, so yeah, I mean, com- commitment is very important in terms of the student athlete because it's not enough. You, you didn't make it the moment you received that offer and you're committed and you've signed, right? It's like it's, it's, that journey is just beginning at that point. And it's very important for our, our student athletes uh, here, here in El Paso because we, yes, we want them to get out, see the world, chase their dreams, um, but you know, go out and experience. You know, have have those coaches wanting to come back and realize all the hidden gems that are on this side of the state, right? So. You're representing El Paso. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have a question to you both, and and this kind of uh, we touched on injuries last time uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when we had a uh, coach uh, Ruiz from the Southwest Desert uh, Storm. How big of a deterrent? is it for collegiate coaches who may be interested in a particular athlete um, and they suffer an injury? That's I know, I know you, uh, you, you have firsthand experience with, of course, not, not only all the athletes you've, you, you work with, but with your daughter who suffered an ACL uh, injury when she was in high school. So I would like to hear from, from just kind of you both if, if that's a big deterrent and what can athletes do to gain the trust of that coach if they have shown interest, but perhaps during the season, that's you know, something that, that happened. It's such a game changer. It's such a game changer. Uh, going back a little bit, well, my daughter was, first off, uh, I marketed her very, very effectively during her high school career. And she was discovered on Twitter by, she ended up having 36 offers and she was discovered on Twitter by at least more than half of those offers. So again, going back, Twitter's very effectively, but yes, we, we had a lot of momentum pre-injury. We had a lot of momentum talking to coaches from Power 5 schools. I mean, it was it was really like, this is, we were rocking it. We For were, the listeners who don't know, it's Leve Tovar. Yeah, Leve Tovar, yeah. And uh, she um, she was really getting really well as far as how she was handling her emails, her communication, her DMs with these coaches. The injury came, and it was like a faucet. It just stopped. Coaches would check in every now and then. And, you know, they'd say all the positive things, but there was just an uncertainty from those coaches. Was she going to come back 100%? How was she going to heal? How they, You just don't know how an ACL tear and, and that's that requires surgery is gonna you know it's gonna heal properly if she was gonna be uh, one of those injury prone athletes are you gonna take a risk in offering an athlete that had a significant injury like that so you know she she was held out for almost 11 months you know she went to she got her and and was I, she, I, 11, I, no? she was out, 11 months she was out almost yeah. 11 months but what one thing that I, I did re, that I did uh, experience that was pretty neat during her injury her knee gave out on a Sunday. We had her x-ray, MRI, and she was in, on the surgery table in five days. Mm-hmm. I mean, people move. To, they knew the, the, the significance of her coming back and that fact that she was a junior. So a lot of people in, in, in this town moved to expedite her, her uh, surgery so she could come back for her senior year. So that, that was really, really neat when, when you know doctors <coughs> and therapists came together and, 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 and luckily she heals very fast. And, and I've seen her and she, I mean, 
she was always working out prior to her injury, so she had the muscle there. And there's some athletes that they're just very thin, very dainty, and, and they get an ACL tear and they come back and they get another ACL tear or something. And, and she had a lot of muscle develop. So thank, uh, thankfully for those uh, for working out prior to her to her injury, uh, it helped her in, in her comeback. And she was able to come back. And I remember it was November of her senior year. Uh, she had just gotten cleared. And we went to a West Texas ID camp here, a local soccer camp that they, that they had here. Uh, had some conversation with coaches, still no offers. And then that first offer came mid, mid-November. And by February, she landed her 30th, ended up having 36 offers. So in three months, man, she was able to land all those offers because of all the work and relationships she had put, put in prior to her injury. It's, about, it's all about developing relationship with these college coaches. You can't do it in a week. You can't do it in a month. It takes time. And that's why we tell the athletes, you got to market yourselves early. That way you establish these relationships your sophomore, junior year. That way all the formalities, you get those out of the way. And you're just, by the, by the time you're a senior, you should be in cruise control, kind of gauge where you want to go geographically, what you want to study, where you're, you're at in your GPA, what your, what your test scores are. And that way you could just complete the process. Some people want to do all that in a week and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Or they want somebody to step in and they're under the impression someone's going to do it all for them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what, honestly, I know in the previous time I was here, that's what I was alluding to in terms of the, you know, your prototypical 10 student athletes that enter, right, the recruiting process, and then how many, how they kind of fall by the wayside. Not because maybe they're not good enough or they don't meet something academically, but it's just maybe they're, you know, once they see the commitment level that it's going to take to go through the, that whole ordeal that Jesse just talked about, it's a grind. It's a grind. You know, it's not overnight. You know, and <clears throat> and one of the big things, especially with this generation, is is teaching them how to communicate effectively across multiple. And you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that will that will be one of the major positives that comes out of this pandemic, is because now I can tell you, like speaking just at Isleta High School, students now know how to use email. <laughs> you know, they really do. They you know for the first time. Uh, they now, you know, obviously Google Classroom, but being able to uh, effectively, um, something as simple as when you talk about emailing a coach, I had student athletes that they didn't understand how to write an email in the body of an email. They thought something as simple as sending a, a simple email, they thought they had to convey the entire, the, you know, the entire email in the subject line. You know, so you would have like this, you know, this paragraph, right, right, you know, so, so yeah, so it's something, something as simple as that, but yeah, yeah I think that, yeah, I mean, back to your question, Mondo, I think that, uh, and also with you being a col- uh, former college coach with, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, and speaking for obviously service academies, they're, they're a whole other monster, you know, and, and when we're generally, when we're committed to an athlete, we're committed to them at that point, um, a different process, and that, it's changed now so much from when I was a coach in terms of when schools can offer, you know, when they can be blue chipped, uh, when college coach, especially at the D1 level, when college coaches can uh, can even start talking to the student athlete. So uh, again, that college that call that I was on with coaches uh, back on Wednesday, you had coaches, you had D1, D2 coaches, you had NAIA coaches. And the D1 and D2s are talking, they're basically just, they're kind of, their hands are stuck, you know, they're wrapped behind their back. They can't do anything. Meanwhile, the NAIA coaches are talking about all the interaction that they're having right now. So, uh, so it's a different, it's interesting. But I think in terms of injury also, you know, because right around that time what Jesse was talking about, that was actually right around the time I think we met, right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. right, when she, right when she was entering that process, kind of injury, injury uh, post-injury. Um, but uh, so much of that, too, sometimes is, as, as much as I hate to say it, the timing of the injury, too, you know? It uh, sucks. It, yeah, really it really does. It really does. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, a – it's an inexact science in terms of – because there's so many variables. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great question. But it, it stays on you forever. It's funny <coughs> because, like, you know – and it's, it's not funny. It's actually really sad that it stays with you forever because, you know, even at the pro level, Aaron Jones is getting ready to negotiate a new contract with whoever he decides to do. And – you know, go with, but you, they look at the injury history. They don't just look at, you know, NFL injury history. They look at high school. They look at college, right. and they see what you did, what you tore, what what happened, what is the injury history for 
you. And that follows an athlete forever. It's, it's really, it's kind of a sad thing. And, you know, there's sports like basketball where if you tear your Achilles or you tear your ACL, you're out for a year. And basketball, it's so valuable to be out there, you know, shooting every single day. You can't afford to miss a, a year out of, out of the gym. But, you know, Jesse, when you're going uh, sport to sport and you see all the different sports that are kind of having to deal with players who maybe have suffered injuries, um, is, there, is there even a best case scenario of, of this kind of stuff? Is it maybe kind of like a preferred walk-on, a coach gives you a chance and you run with it? You know, like, like Coach said, you know, it's all about the timing of the injury and, and what you're willing to do to come back. A lot of the sympathy card's not going to work. The coaching going to feel sorry for you. You're going to, you, and you feeling sorry for yourself is not going to make it any better. And, and parents are very optimistic. Uh, right now, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of, uh, there, there's a certain soccer player here in town. She just got in uh, <coughs> surgery about two months ago and she's landed three offers uh, during that time. Wow. So that's, I'm really, really proud of her. She's really moving. She's moving and shaking and she's doing what she has to do. But there's these athletes that are, that are very healthy and not willing to do that. And, and again, yes, it, it, it takes its psychological effect, the mental health aspect <clears throat> of how it's gonna impact this, that student are they going to come back they're going to be very very conscientious of and, and, and as, a, as, a, as a parent watching my daughter come back from an ACL injury every when she was playing back on, on a, for her senior season every cut every impact was like a grinding of the teeth like oh you know every every single time there was a collision yeah, yeah. you'd be like oh okay she's good oh she, she, she fell okay she's good you know oh that was a hard impact and then it was all after every game How's the knee? And that psychological piece, right? Yes. She had to overcome. That's the last piece. Yeah, yeah I think those parents, sometimes we take it worse than the athletes. Yeah. But you yeah, know yeah. this, too. You know this very well, Armando. Yeah, when it comes to, uh, obviously, and we've, we've said that in previous, we've mentioned it in previous episodes, so it, every injury takes its physical and, and psychological toll. Uh, you know, from an ankle sprain, uh, rotator cuff injury, ACL obviously being, uh, being one of the worst ones. And I have seen it where even post uh, rehab for athletes, and we have a lot of athletes that have transitioned from uh, our clinic next door to our bridge program here, and when we've we've worked with them, and even a month or two after the rehab, they still they're they're very hesitant. Uh, everything they do is is now uh, they're a little bit more more aware. Perhaps before they didn't have as much uh, kinesthetic awareness, but now they're very aware with um, how they're planting. But them having to think what they need to do that slows them down a lot and it just slows down the progress and they're they're afraid of, of mm -hmm. uh, going through that injury and i think the worst one i've seen so far was uh, one volleyball player who suffered an acl she was a, a pebble hills uh, a volleyball player and she suffered an acl about a quarter through her season and she ended up getting a uh, not a hamstring graft uh, acl reconstruction but it was a patella tendon um, mm. both acl surgeries are, are just as uh, uh, as effective but the only difference with the patella tendon is there's a lot more pain when it comes to the rehab uh, so a lot of the things that they were doing next door uh, they had to back off quite a bit because of the pain level she was going through uh, the pain medication that she had to take was was very strong and i mean it, it just she started losing weight i would see her here and there of course with with her therapy and she would come over here to do some exercise with the with the ptas and the techs and the pts uh, and it took several months and and even once she was ready to start jogging mm -hmm. and doing some hops some change direction it, you could still see that 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 hesitation right and and it took us several months after that to get her back into all right trust trust the process we've we've taken care of you they've taken care of you you just need to let go you just right. need to let go Stop. and so so i would say it, it definitely it, it takes its physical but it but it, the psychological toll that it has depending on the injury uh it's very unique and in that situation she was very scared of of not only tearing that acl or perhaps the 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 opposite one but going through that pain and mm -hmm. i think it was the pain that took its uh, the biggest toll yeah. on her rather than the of course no one wants to suffer an injury but i think it was it was primarily the pain that she didn't want to go through that because uh, she went to gosh two two to four months with a good amount of pain uh, during that time so it definitely takes its toll psychologically yeah, yeah you know that I'm, I'm sorry that psychological piece it's it's kind of twofold it, because the other part of it too is and me, this is me speaking personally 
is the psychological slash slash emotional piece is you know you and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday but so you know my combat injury I had back in 03 right 13 surgeries later being out for almost two years at a certain point once you finally do like the first psychological part where you start to trust right and you start to let go and you can do things but the other side of that too ironically was the uh, the, the loved ones or your friends they they're kind of still kind of treating you like you need to be on eggshells and you're like I'm okay I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good right and getting them to also understand that that you're that you're okay you know that you're fine that you can kind of get back into the mix and you know do what you want to do so that's that's kind of I could only imagine when you're asking a 14 15 16 17 year old to go through that whole process it's it, it can it can be a lot and it's it's probably the reason why a lot of the athletes just don't proceed with sports after a big injury like that. They just they quit and and it's yeah. not I'm not I don't knock anybody for that because I I'm not somebody who's ever experienced pain like that or I can't judge what kind of pain they are in. And if they're not all in in the sport, maybe this is a good wake up call for them. The, right. the, this right. is just not for them. But to shift gears a little bit, I, w- I want to talk about something that we talked about off air, especially with you, Jesse, about kind of having too many people in your ear. And, and that's a big thing when it comes to recruiting is maybe there's just a lot too many hands in the kitchen. I guess, I guess that's, that's what you could maybe say, but you got your coach, you got your club coach, you got your high school coach, your parents, so many people in this, and they're just involved in one person's recruiting process, but it's, it can become beyond overwhelming. Yeah, and you always hear, oh, well, my, my brother was recruited two years ago, or my cousin was recruited. Well, the dynamics have changed in the last eight months alone. And, and the thing is, I've, I've not, I hate dropping athletes. I don't like to use that word, but I have distanced myself with athletes that are just reluctant. We advise them what to do, and they're like, well, my uncle told me or my coach told me, and I was like, okay, well, it seems like you have, you want to do what everybody else tells you to do, so that's fine if you don't want to you know, go through our process. And then they come back. Every single one of them have come back and say, hey, Mr. Tovar, you know, am I doing something wrong, or how, what can I do? I'm, I'm, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I talked to you six months ago, and the first three months was about well, so and so. I'm very, I'm very familiar with the recruiting process because my my son, my sibling got recruited, and, and like okay, but your teammates recruiting, your siblings recruiting is not your recruiting. Everybody's recruiting is different, and there's so many different dynamics as we have talked about with recruiting that you can't. Uh, it's just so many people in their ear, and they got they, everybody wants the credits, and we're talking about the Facebook credits. There's a lot of individuals out there. There's clo- there's coaches. You know, they, they, this is their business, and, and I get it. And it's all about supporting the athletes that you that you train and, and they play at the next level. But it seems like sometimes they're in, in a in a competition for the Facebook credits, announcing the commitments of players. You know, stuff that should be very unique and very special to the players. You know, give them their moment to shine. It's it's not about you. And and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of politics that come into play. I've, I've talked to players that are, they don't want it known that, that they've, they've sought me out for recruiting advice because they're afraid of what their coach is going to say if they find out. So we have to kind of like be covert about it and, and, and they'll eventually have to know because the, the coach is going to know how are you getting these offers or what's going on with you. And the thing is I'm, I'm very transparent. Uh, I'd rather work with a coach. I'd rather work right. with the families than them not being involved. I want them involved 100%. But when you're, you're trying to circumvent or, or trying to guide an athlete to your ways because it worked with other athletes that you coach, fantastic. But these athletes are seeking us out for a reason. It's not because we're going out and looking for them. They're, they're coming to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's well said. I think in the, in the soccer world, I mean, I, sometimes you've got to, for lack of better words, you just, you just got to call the ugly baby ugly, you know? And it can be it's a very it can be a very territorial you know kind of i don't know parochial insert whatever adjective you want um and it's just it's you know i i think i get it you know as jesse mentioned in terms of it's it's their business right but i think in the end right we always we can't lose focus of why we're in this and you have to put what's best for the student athlete first right and and I think sometimes, you know, I think as adults, we sometimes have to stop, you know, adulting so much and let, let them take the reins, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
you talk about the, the Facebook credits, yeah. as, as you like to call it. You know? Facebook credits. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, if you guys put that on a shirt, then I'd better get some royalties. <laughs> Parents, comma, it's not about you. Yeah. Prep one. But you know what? Podcasts. There are some parents that are excellent right. recruiters Absolutely. alongside with what we do. I mean, they, they know how to do it. They get it. You have to tell them once. And But there are parents that are very non-existent. They don't want to be involved. They want, they want their... They're athletes to handle it all, and we're there to guide the athletes, and we're there to advise and inform the parents right. as we progress through the process. But a lot of times, these athletes, uh, they, they just don't want to. They don't want to put in the work, man. And, it, and it's sad to say, but as far as El Paso, it's getting better. I think we're we're turning we're, we're, we're turning that curve where where these athletes are advocating for themselves, and we're and, and here's the thing, you know, there, there's athletes that I've talked to, and they don't know what to do. Once you start talking, now it's everything Zoom, right? These coaches are wanting, wanting to talk to these co- with these athletes Zoom. Once these athletes get that first or second Zoom call out of the way, a couple of phone calls out of the way, they become like these little experts. And and you get a lot of feed. I get a lot of feedback from my players, and I know how to adapt and and, and, and come up with different strategies from the feedback I get from the athletes. So I'm, they're helping me as much as I'm helping them because they're helping me with different philosophies, different growth, yeah. different yeah. different angles on how to approach a coach. Uh, they ask excellent questions, uh, and uh, you know the volleyball. We just started, you know, uh, getting a bunch of volleyball players that were helping. And I love the volleyball athletes. They are just so engaged in their own recruiting. It's yeah. just so awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, football obviously is you know in Texas. And we hype the football players yes. up too much, man. Yeah. That's yeah. why. <laughs> well, football, you know, it's, it's Texas, so right. you know it's it's king in Texas, but. These other sport athletes, softball players, they they're really really good about about handling their stuff. I believe it. Yeah. So it's great when the the parents are involved when they understand the process. There's no expectations, but there are parents that try to live through their kids, and yeah. that's where you know you you have to come to terms with them and let them know that your kid's great, but he's not the goat. You know. So <laughs> that's that's. That's the, the difficult part of it. Not, not my little mijo. No, he's the best. He's the best. Have you found uh, a difference in college recruiting with different sports? You know what? The qualifications are pretty much the same all across the board. Uh, you just got to tweak a little bit as far as what these coaches are, are looking for. A lot of it, uh, some of these coaches um, um, discover and they rate these players in their film. So a lot of it is like some coaches want to see – you know, and it's very, very hard because uh, film for softball is, is different for film for volleyball or football. Right. So it, it all depends as far as what that coach is looking for. And I always tell my athletes, just get innovative with your film, your top 10 defensive plays, your top 10 offensive play, your top 10 hits, your top 10 catches, every, anything that you could promote yourself effectively because you don't know what the coach is looking for for that sport. So I tell them, don't just get fixated to like week nine highlights versus so-and-so, week 10 highlights versus so-and-so. Do a combination of different games for your film. That way the coaches could be, you could draw the coaches to your film, to your player, the type of athlete that you are, and impress those coaches with film where they're like, I want to I see more film on this kid. Mm-hmm. I want to evaluate them at my camp. That's where you get the coach engaged. That's where the messages go back and forth. That's where the relationships start. But some of these athletes, they just want to like, okay, I, I, I played week six, I'm going to upload week six, and that should get me recruited. No, you, you have to do more than just upload your – it's good that you're learning how to work with that program, but be a little bit more innovative on, on, and come up with different uh, angles of how to promote yourself. Yeah. Well, same, same uh, topic on the same line, but how important is versatility? I'm not just a point guard. I'm not just right. you know, a striker. Yes. I'm not just this. I could play. And, and some players just don't want to play. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. When, oh, yeah. yeah, and the thing about that is um, as it relates to – I'm sure this relates to all sports, um, but in terms of soccer specifically, <clears throat> it's still going to be tough, especially when we're talking D1 and especially when we're talking – group of five and definitely power five it's not going i mean randy waldrum just hit on this you know on my podcast um he talked about how in the end he's like film helps he said but in the end when we want to commit to you you know we really need to see you because and this is and this is the alternative has been and i know i've talked about it with jesse for a while now is you know that expectation and especially d1 uh, most a lot of college coaches, but especially D one and especially you talk group of five, power five, 
they're gonna want probably at least one, if not multiple, full you know film of full games, because what they want to see, what sometimes a highlight reel won't tell them, right? A two, two and a half minute, not a not a sixteen minutes, not a TV show plus yeah. commercials <laughs> uh, highlight reel will tell them is, or won't tell them is. You know, what are they doing away from the ball when they don't have the ball? You know, because they're called highlights for a reason. You know, student athletes aren't putting low lights. Not that we encourage that either, but still, they want to see how do you respond. A coach wants to see when you get beat, right? You know, 1v1, you get beat, you know, an attacker gets past you. How do you respond? What are your, you know, so it's very important. You know, very, you know, it can't, it can't be stressed enough. And, and, and that's wanna, where, yeah. You don't want to be one-dimensional. You want to let them know that you can play all facets of the game. You don't, you know, I, I talked to a... Uh, soccer player recently and and she was like oh no you know what uh, i'm a forward I'm like yeah but can you play mid can you play the back uh yeah but i'm a forward <laughs> and you're like well, Good luck with yeah, that. yeah this coach <laughs> this coach that you want to talk to may not be looking for forwards yeah. you know so so again don't limit your the scope of what you can do because you want to be again it's the clout it's the clout thing and, and it's about what you see on tv not everybody gets to be alex morgan not everybody gets to be at Carly Lloyd at, 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 in women's soccer. So uh, don't limit the scope of, of what your capabilities are. Put yourself out there. And if you don't play that position, learn it. Don't, don't limit yourself. Yeah. It, it's good to be transparent with coaches, but don't downplay your abilities with coaches. Well, I mean, LaVey, LaVey did it, right? Tran- transitioning yeah. from high school to college. Right? Yeah, you know, she was uh, in club. She was a defender in high school. Obviously, they played her everywhere. She was mainly forward. Uh, she was recruited as a, as a defender, and, and she'll always say she's a defender. This year, she's transitioning up up top, and because she knows how to play, mm-hmm. she knows how to play. So she has no problem. That that has not been a a, a difficult transition for her because of the experience. She she knows how to adapt, and yeah. and she's played multiple levels. And that's the thing is you you have to be a multifaceted player. Don't limit yourself to one position. Yeah, and you know, defending in in terms of soccer, I I tell my girls this at Isleta all the time. Um, and I tell every recruit I work with on this is that, you know, uh, obviously you need forwards. What makes forwards, what makes strikers special is that they finish, right? Because you still need goals to win the game at the end of the day. However, what makes, you know, forwards, attackers, whatever, is about skill. But defending is so much about its will, right? Its will, its discipline, its desire. And, you know, for, for the soccer athletes listening out there, if you want to make a college roster, you know, put in the work defending. Because when you're a good, disciplined, hard-nosed defender and you're committed to that, you know, you're gonna have, a college coach is gonna find room on their roster for you. So, it goes without saying. That and translates we, to every sport except yes. for football, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and we see it all over the way. You could play offensive linemen in football and they want, might want you on the D, D line. You could be a big, uh, a, a, a small safety and they might transition you to a linebacker. You just don't know where the coach is gonna, have those needs for you and you're going to be willing to adapt because they're going to be playing for paying for your college That's so right. so again yeah but as far as uh you know across the table like you were saying uh <clears throat> you know every sport has its its own you know uh, dynamics but for the most part it, it's pretty much the same when it comes to recruiting it's all about establishing you know you're you're going to be the expert in your craft. And I, and I ask my, like my softball players a lot of questions because I'm no expert in, in softball. Yeah. But I, they get to tell me what they're experiencing and, and what they do best. And I'm like, well, put that out there. Tell the coach that. So, you know, I've, I've actually recently had uh, golf, golf and swimmers contact me. And, they're, and I was Let's like, go, I, never, I never thought uh, I ever had a swimmer. Uh, and, and uh, you know, those <coughs> sports, I'm learning, about, and I, I enjoy learning about those sports through the athletes. So that's pretty cool. Man, I want to I wanna be in on some of those golf ones. I've been playing <laughs> golf a lot. <laughs> you want to get recruited? Yes. <laughs> I think if, if I can add just a little something, obviously Adrian mentioned that, you know, obviously you can't do that with, with football. But I, I noticed it as well with, uh, and, I've, and I've said it many times, the sport that I train here the most is volleyball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at the, the size uh, of most of my volleyball players, and coming from a, a collegiate uh, setting where I'm used to seeing most of the, the front row, 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", and even the setters and DS are you know, between 5'6", to 5'8", maybe even 5'9". Mm-hmm. And I see some of the athletes uh, that I train here who might be 5'2", 5'3", mm-hmm. which is great for perhaps a DS position. Uh, but when some 
some of these uh, high school coaches or club coaches perhaps have them at, in the front row. Maybe that's that's the tallest kid that they have, and and I'm sure it gets a little bit more more difficult once it gets to the recruiting process. And and going back to the versatility, you know, you you want to make you know, okay, you want to go to uh, play collegiate ball, mm-hmm. but if you're looking for this position, that coach is probably not going to be looking at you for mm-hmm. that position. They might be considering you for this position as a setter instead of a, a an outside hitter. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that, that, that plays a big role. Yeah, you say volleyball. Yeah. It's basketball, too. I mean, can you imagine yeah, six, six, a 6'6 yeah. six, six forward? Right. No, you're playing 6'6 six, six point guard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> In college, you're not playing a forward yeah. in 6'6? Six, six? No yeah. way. And it's the eye candy. It's the eye candy yeah. test with these yeah. coaches. You know, height is it plays wonders. You know, let's talk about, you know, Karch Gardner, walk on at Arkansas. He's killing it out there. He's doing well. He is. If Karch was two, two inches taller, coaches would have been flooding with him. And he's playing at a power five school, and still not scholarship. Yeah, still not scholarship. I believe he's working on that, and yeah, and yeah. yeah he's he's beating out the, the you know he's mm-hmm. he's starting. Well, he walked his way up. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's walked his way up. He's doing yeah. it out there, and the thing yeah, is that's that's, awesome. that's what we're talking about about the eye candy test. You know, they they have to, you know, height counts for a lot of these coaches, right. and there's a lot of these play, and we're in El Paso. A lot of these athletes aren't going to have the height, mm-hmm. well, you know, but there's there's like the volleyball players. Those girls are working hard mm-hmm. to, to get noticed, to, to get, you know, and, and I see it on their social media, I see it on their Instagram that they're in here working out, you know, they're, they're doing what they have to do to advocate for themselves. So these coaches, they not only want to recruit physical ability and height, they also want to recruit work ethic, work yeah. ethic, and they want to get to know the, 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 the families, they want to get to know the players. Yeah. Uh, some of these um, Zoom meetings that they're having with players, uh, Players contact me all the time. They're very nervous. It's their first Zoom meeting. And we know by the third, fourth week, oh, I have four <laughs> Zoom meetings this week, three Zoom meetings the next week. And they're little experts at this. So <laughs> I, I reach out to them to get feedback of, is there anything changing? Because as I progress with Prep 1, I'm learning of what the new things are and what's going on in the recruiting, in the recruiting world through the athletes. Yeah, and you know the other part about that too is so we have to kind of – as a region out here in El Paso is not focusing on, I guess it is going to sound kind of stereotypical, but not focusing on what we're not and rather focusing on what we are. Right. So what I mean by that, so you talk, obviously you can't, you can't coach height, right? You can't coach speed. We know that, that those, those saying exist for a reason. Right. But, but, you know, as that stigma changes in terms of kind of Jesse was talking about it earlier of student athletes, uh, willing to leave El Paso and not come back the first chance they get, right? Sticking it out, you know, grinding it out and shining, right? Somewhere abroad. Um, one of the things that I've started to do with with college coaches, and I've done this now with um, one of my girls that's being recruited right now at Isleta, is um, educating the coaches on on the local culture in the borderland region. And in terms of, it's not a not, it's not just that, it's just, it's very, you know, it's not to say that other places aren't, but here it's extremely tight knit, family oriented, right? Across the board. Um, and, and I think some of that is by virtue of the fact that we're kind of isolated here, right? So, um, but you kind of start to, so once you can kind of educate coaches on that, right? Then they're, they have a much better understanding. They're more receptive in terms of, okay, it, that makes a lot more sense. I get it. Um, and of course, you know, unfortunately, El Paso, I think that kind of came to the forefront back in, you know, August 3rd, not too long ago. And people really got to see, you know, what this place is about, um, you know, as far as the positive, how they responded. And I think that, you know, you have to, we, one of the things I've started to do more is educating college coaches on that. What you're going to get from a student athlete out of El Paso is that they're very, they're very blue collar. There, you talk about that work ethic. They're very kind of lunch pail, like, right? So, so what they, what you may not, you know, they may be three, four, five inches shorter, but here's what they bring to the table, you know. So, and I think, you know, and I think that's a very big positive in terms of the student athletes coming out of this region. I've had a lot of conversations where athletes are like, I don't know how this athlete's getting so many offers, or this school has so many athletes with offers. We're better than them. I'm better than that athlete. And I'm you like, well, probably what? have done that so many times. Yes, yes. I'm and getting not, that Eddie letter right. I always tell them, yes, definitely, Coach. I mean, look, he's got 42, right? 42 offers. Uh, you know, I always, I, I always tell these athletes, it's like, you're not, you're not doing what these athletes are willing to do. 
That's the problem. That's the difference right there. I'll <coughs> answer it right away. But it's always about a comparison. Why him? I'm a better player than that. You know yeah. why? And that's like because you're not doing, you're not, you're not taking the time to establish relationships with these coaches. And that's that's what it comes down to as far as doing what you your due diligence of and and, and um, committing to your own recruiting, taking ownership of your your own recruiting, and getting what needs to be done done. Because it's mm-hmm. not just about posting offers; it's about what's what's necessary to get those offers. Now, some athletes do they offer stack, and they like getting offers and offers. Because I, I tell these athletes, okay, you're you're at eighteen, start narrowing it down. Yeah, you can only go to one. Yeah, <laughs> you, can only, you know, and oh, and then you know, one of them's at like twenty four right now. I'm like, when are you gonna decide? Like, what, <laughs> you know, what? And, and I and I do that. I, I don't want them to think that it's a competition of. Let me see how we how we can maximize the offers. With my daughter, they, the floodgates open, so we were getting offers from colleges that she hadn't even talked to. They'd email her and, and offer her through an email, and, and she'd reply to confirm, you know, and and just to make sure that you know it was it was on the level. And, and yes, it was because uh, uh, coaches are able to know who the top mm-hmm. athletes are. And, and and SAT scores, ACT scores, GPAs have a lot to do with the transcripts. Yes, you know, and the thing about it too is obviously, you know, Jesse's mentioned it. GPAs are a factor. Skill level is a factor. But um, you know, we've talked about it plenty of times. Is that? And I was talking about this with my wife last week, um, going through going through Twitter. And you know, if you do it, if you really kind of just sit down, do some research in terms of timelines, and you'll notice. Um, it's the same student athletes' names coming up, right? As far as just they're posting, they're good, they're keeping it positive, they're keeping it good, you know, offers. It's the same student athletes, generally speaking, even in a city this size, that are getting the offers, that are active, that are, you know, it's, so it's, it's not a coincidence, you know? It's like if you really hunker down, put in the work, commit to the process, are coachable, you know, and then that confidence that comes with as you progress in the process. You know, that, that's what a lot of people don't, understand is they just see the daunting task up front of you mean I have to do all this I have to start all this but what they don't learn what they don't realize is what they're going to learn along the way and they become little subject matter experts yeah, along definitely. the way and we've talked about it before even with uh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Olivas that's that's the guy yeah. he's the he's the standard right there yeah, post those guy. workout videos <laughs> those workout videos of uh, uh, he, he would have guys running routes for him and all that stuff and you knew that every day it was going to be a very similar video that what you've already seen, but they were just so engaging and, and, and so, so awesome of what he did. You had to see him. And look at, and look yeah. at him now. Yeah. Right? Look at him now. You just had to That's see him. I have a lot of admiration for a guy like that who, you know, and, and not, a lot, not a lot of people can do this, but graduate early. Graduate yeah. early and go off to – that's the true love for the game. There's the love for the game, and there's the I am so in love with this game that I'm done. I'm, I'm ready to graduate right now early, and I'm going to Houston Baptist to get started early on so I can learn this offense and try to help out the best way possible. But, yeah. you know, with, a, with somebody like Ryan Levis, with, with all with the things that, you know, we're starting to see with El Paso, I think that, you know, kind of as we wind things down today – the the trends are positive. Everything that people are doing here in the recruiting terms, what you've been doing, Jesse, with Prep One, what you're doing, uh, Coach Kano, with uh, Fifty Fifty Podcast, and just trying to help out all your own student athletes at Ysleta um, get recruited. Things are trending in the right direction. I think I think it's safe to say three five three to five years from now, we're talking about this is a talent hub for a lot of play for a lot of different sports not just to football not just to soccer it's all across the board for athletes this is going to be an athlete town you know three five years from now we're going to have a lot of d1 coaches coming here year after year recruiting el pasoans yeah. yeah we're very excited about that you know when i when i first started this this venture of prep one it it, it originated with obviously with the marketing of, of lave my daughter but when i had a, one of these major recruiting companies contact me and tell me you know, don't hire us, you know, don't, and I, and I asked that question, why? And they're like, Mr. Tovar, we'd be duplicating what you're already doing, and you'd be very unhappy with our service. So we'd rather, you know, uh, continue supporting you all and, and, uh, and, you know, networking with you instead of, like, doing what you're already doing because you wouldn't be satisfied with our service. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm actually doing, am I onto something here? And, and can I help other athletes? And then there came the, the, the flooding of the, my Facebook DMs 
from parents from different sports wanting me to help their athletes. So that's where it started, and, and we're, we've just completed our third uh, high school football year. We're, we're about two and a half years in with Prep 1, and we're progressing. We're chipping away. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's nothing that uh, you know, everybody wants to start at the top. And, and I'm first to say it was myself and an iPhone 7, and there was no, there was no nothing. I didn't have anything. Now I have a 30-person team all across the state, and, and we're doing it. We're getting it done. I think what, what Adrian just said right now is, is I think, uh, absolutely on point. With all, you know, with all of us that have played sports, uh, you know, back you when I was in... Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, He's holding up know, for that goal. <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, and I'm sure when you were in high school... Uh, high schools didn't exist back then. <laughs> you just went from yeah. middle school straight yeah, to... Yeah, man. Just, I went like LeBron, straight to, <laughs> straight to life. Uh, you know, I, I remember back when I was in high school, when athletes would get offers, they would be one, maybe two. And, of course, the ones that the really talented athletes would be the ones that would get, get the most. But I am very happy to see the trend of <coughs> now athletes getting multiple offers. I mean, 20, 30... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 40, 40 offers, you know, for, for one particular athlete, that's, yeah. that gives athletes so much uh, room to, to decide and, and which, which college they actually want to go to. I remember when we were talking to Coach uh, Gilbert from, uh, from uh, 915 Volleyball Club, and one of the things that he does tell his players is go and meet the coach because you want to make sure that you – and that coach are actually compatible, mm-hmm. right? If, if you like a coach that's <clears throat> hardcore and yelling the whole time, then fine, that's your coach. But if you like a coach who's perhaps a little bit more, more mellow, then you may want to go with that coach. And having multiple offers, 10, 15, 20, 30 offers, does give the, the athletes the opportunity to go wherever they want and, and pick whatever college they want to not only play there, but of course the, the level of athletics, uh, the, uh, the academics, if they want to pursue a certain career, <laughs> perhaps if they want to stay there for the graduate program. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned Ryan Olivas when, uh, when I met, met the gentleman, he, uh, he told me he wanted to go to medical school. So, so, I'm, doctor, yeah. Right? Yeah. so I'm sure you know, that, that played a huge uh, uh, role into where he actually wanted to go as far as uh, playing mm-hmm. sports. So I, I am very happy to to see that, you know, seeing that positive trend and, and the, the number of offers that mm-hmm. high school athletes are not getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, when, when some coaches, um, whether they be club, um, I don't really see that issue with high school coaches, but whether they be club or college coaches, sometimes they seem to have, I know Jesse knows what I'm talking about, they seem to have an issue with, with players posting offers, you know, or whatever, or even commitments, you know, which is a big, you know, so again, it's back to, it's about the student athlete. and. Um, but even more important than that is it's, yeah, not hoarding or just collecting offers for the sake of collecting offers, but what it's really about is having that, giving that student athlete options, right? And that's what we want ultimately because, you know, not to, I'm not trying to get too sappy here. I don't want to make Adrian cry, but you know, the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think that, you know, when we talk about the, you know, the American dream, this place, this city, I think really exemplifies that, what it's about, right? So to have a student athlete, especially if it's their first, first one going to college, right, first generation, and then to have all these opportunities, right? It's, you know, it, it's awesome, it's beautiful to see, and I think it's really, yeah. at the end of the day, why we really do it. And very important that they don't get fixated on a division. Yeah. It's all about division one. Yeah, we didn't right? even touch and the, we didn't yeah. even touch that. Well, yeah. real quick on this, um, I was reading that the floodgates are gonna be open for junior college like never before because of the one time NCAA, uh, you know, immediate eligibility rule plus, I mean, that's just the transfer rule plus the fact that everybody in college sports will retain a year of eligibility due to the pandemic. I mean, no one has really talked about the flood that junior colleges are going to, if you're going at the JUCO level, I'm not looking at you the same way I was last year because it's different. You could be a D1 caliber player at the JUCO level uh, just because, you know, of the pandemic and everything because your college of choice didn't have it. And now the junior college is playing at a division one level. I mean, or it's just a different route. It's just a different route to get to where you may ultimately want to go, yeah. especially if you're, like you said, that D1 caliber. Could be a feeder. Yeah, could be absolutely. a feeder. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it's going to save you money along the way, yeah. I tell my athletes all the time, there's D2, D3 colleges, JUCO colleges that have better facilities than D1. 
to do not get fixated on me more. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's an ego thing. You know, it's got to be the right fit. Lacrosse, it's got to be the right fit. Yeah. Now, well, guys, as we wind things down, um, where where can everybody find you guys? First with you, Jesse, and then with you, Coach Kano. You know, just uh, follow us on Twitter. Prep One USA, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, TikTok, Prep One USA. TikTok? TikTok. Oh, my TikTok. God. TikTok, man. Man, you got it. <laughs> you know what? You got it. You know I what? bet that probably I mean, has your best followers. No, 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 actually. You know, that, I started That's the posting. operations manager right there. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out where that, yeah, my CEO's over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out where to put videos, like a little interviews that we do and, and for fun. And I'm like, let's just try TikTok. And. Yeah, I think hey, we're starting off, you know, we're close to a thousand followers or whatever, but it's oh just like, God. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to be doing dances. I'm not going to be doing dances. <laughs> Jesse, that's amazing. But what I'm, what I'm, awesome followers what on we're going to start doing is, is uh, hosting Instagram takeovers, and I'll translate those over to TikTok. So. Nice. Oh, my gosh. That's a mirror machine, Jesse. Oh, man. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, I'm not one-dimensional. <laughs> I'm multi-dimensional. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, versatility. There you go. Going back to the versatility. <laughs> Man, I guess I might have to make a TikTok eventually. I was like, I'm trying to hold off as long hold as I off, can. Man. Yeah, Fight. Yeah, that's Be part of the resistance. Yeah. Part of the resistance. <laughs> you can post um, your videos of golfing. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There it is. Yeah. There it is. And um, coach? Nah, me. I'm uh, I'm Old Testament man. I'm uh, pretty pretty simple. Uh, Twitter just got on Instagram. So Twitter personal Twitter, you can find me at Coach H Cano. And then uh, for the 5050 podcast on Twitter, you can find us at at uh, 50 underscore 50 pod as well as Instagram 50 underscore 50 podcast. Um, and that's, and again, you can, as far as the podcast, you can also find it. You can find us on all major platforms. And again, we're part of the a day in the life uh, TV network. So uh, to find us, um, just look up, search a day, uh, a day in the life, colon, Unplugged again. A day in the life. Colon unplugged. I stress that a lot because I've been getting that question a lot. No, I get, so, I get it. Hey, yeah, and yeah. then you guys. Another really big part about it, since we have parents who are listening, since we have athletes who are listening, and if they might be like, oh wow, you know, I'm a junior or under, or I'm like a sophomore freshman or something like that. How could they get in contact with you guys? DMs work best for you guys just to ask for maybe advice, where to start? Because that's the big thing is athletes are always afraid to ask those questions of where to start. Is it the DMs that are best for you guys to, to do? DMs, we have our, our flow pages where it has all our links to our stuff, our, our recruiting consultation. They could book us there. We have our, our athlete registration logs where <coughs> we're, right now we're a little backed up because of all the the onslaught of athletes I've received that request. Everybody wants to be a prep one athlete. Not everybody, but there's a lot of I athletes want to. want to be a prep one athlete. So <laughs> right now, you know, it's, it's like we're getting in about five, ten requests a day, five, ten requests a day, and, and we got to vet them. we got to make sure that we talk to them first. We can't just, okay, you're a, you're a, you're a prep one athlete. No, it's, it's got to be about being committed to the process. So, yes, uh, they could find that link in all of our, uh, our prep one USA and all our social media pages and then contact us that way. Great. Yeah, and for me, DMs are without a doubt the simplest way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we take off from there and, you know, set up uh, interaction, uh, whatever. And oftentimes it's like I said, it's in, in collaboration with Jesse and Prep One. Uh, but yeah, I think otherwise, otherwise, like I said, you can, you know, listen, please like, rate, su subscribe to the podcast. We drop a lot of great, uh, you know, of course I'm biased, but. I, I think it's great info. Uh, on there, it so, is great info. You know, appreciate right. it. We drop a lot of great info on there. And, you know, the only thing I ask is that you guys support your 5050 uh, podcast gear. Yeah. Uh, I've, done it, I've done it twice. I've done it twice. I'm going to do it for sure. I don't want to see it on Insta on the gram, on the dog, or you're washing your car with the, <laughs> no, that's, with the that's shirt. So we'll we'll yeah. do a TikTok. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. You don't want to see it at the club. That's that's where it is. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Jesse Tovar, CEO, Prep One, Hector Cano, Coach out at Yasleta and the host of the 5050 podcast for Armando Aguilar. I'm Adrian Brada saying so long and thanks for listening to another edition of the Physical Athletics Podcast.